Hi everybody, Rusty with you for this edition of The Summer Grill, all brought to you by KTM. Make sure you check out their award-winning range of motorcycles from dirt bikes, adventure, and some seriously cool road bikes as well. Not to mention the ultimate range of accessories. As they say, ready to race. In this edition, we're gonna catch up with the 18-year-old from the Philippines, Bianca Bustamante, who in 2024 is a part of the McLaren Driver Development Program. Speed Cafe's F1 editor, Matt Koch, caught up with her during the holiday break. Bianca, I'm properly excited to be speaking with you. It feels like you're the next generation. You're, you're the exciting future of, of motorsport, if that makes sense. You've just signed with McLaren. You've had a year in F1 Academy. I guess, give us the elevator pitch firstly of, of who Bianca Bustamante is. Oh, wow. What a tough question to start with. <laughs> I mean, honestly, my whole life revolved around motorsport. You know, ever since I was a kid, I've been passionately in love with the sport, with racing, with speed, with cars. I mean, I started driving at the age of three. Um, before I even built my own personality before I even I knew who I was I just knew that I loved I loved to race um and yeah I started driving at the age of three sorry competing age of six um and a couple a decade and a half later here I am so yeah pretty much it <laughs> so where does that passion come from because particularly here in Australia normally you know, so it's very family thing is motorsport. You get it from the generation that comes before you. Where does it come from for you? I think that's that was the main struggle that I honestly faced um, was that the lack of representation in the Philippines in motorsport, women in the sport as well. You know, I had I really didn't have anyone to look up to in my country. You know, we're not we're not a country that's known for motorsport, that's known for racing, and because of that, you know, it was entirely or difficult to to even get started or even to get in a go-kart but you know I mean my dad kind of showed me my first love you know he showed me racing he introduced me to the sport and forever I'll always be grateful for that um you know he himself I would I would always call him a frustrated racing driver because um he could never pursue it himself um because we all know how expensive motorsport or racing can be, um, how difficult it is because, you know, we don't even have kart tracks or go-karts in the Philippines that allows you to have an easy access to to start driving. Um, and this was like, yeah, 10 years ago. So, you know, I've it's amazing to see the, the, the recent changes and how much more, you know, my country is welcoming motorsport. But, but yeah, I mean few years back, uh, there was a big lack of, of support. It sort of touches on something I want to ask you. Is what's the motorsport scene in the Philippines like? As you said, it's not a traditional motorsport country, I guess, if you like. Australia, we've got a long history, the UK through Europe. Even the, the Americas have got, got that background. But the Philippines doesn't. Where, where are things now versus when you started? I mean, it's 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 crazy. Like, uh, you know, I I know like countries in Europe and America. You know, they do racing. You know, like for fun as a hobby. You know, something to do on the weekends with family, with mom, dad. You know, and and just thinking how accessible that was for them. You know, it was the complete opposite for me. Um, you know, we're known for boxing, for basketball, but driving fast. I, not really. I mean, we have a lot of traffic, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, 
and and yeah so so growing up i was often told to, to you know to not even pursue motorsport you know they, they often told me that you know it's a sport for the riches and you're not fortunate enough to have that you're not rich enough you know you're you're as at a disadvantage because you're born in a country that doesn't normally support motorsport um so it was very hard you know as a kid you know be often being told to dream less while achieve something in life and and the fact that you know we're from a very middle class family, that didn't help at all. I mean, we we couldn't afford to fly to Europe to race. Um, you know, at the age of of ten, I was winning championships in Asia. You know, I was fortunate enough to to get the support from teams and funding to be, even be able to compete in Asian karting championships. And and, and through that, I I've done my best. You know, I I think. Growing up in the Philippines, you know, allowed me to have a very different point of view in life, to not take anything for granted, um, to make sure that I use every lap as I can to learn, to maximize that opportunity. And because of that, I was able to, to you know, to, to win, even though it was extremely difficult, even though it was male-dominated. One of the things that I hear from a lot of drivers, particularly from Australia, getting to Europe is that it's so difficult to get over there. You know, I guess the Philippines, you're not a long way away from us, relatively speaking. You're still a long way away from us, yeah. but it's difficult to get into Europe <laughs> because of geography. And even just things like finding backers locally, finding businesses that want that exposure in Europe, those sorts of things. How oh, difficult gosh. has that been for you? Because that's the biggest complaint we hear. I mean, it's it's half the battle in, in motorsport. You know I mean? I think that was the main difference from any other sport I've experienced is that, you know, you get a ball, you can dribble, you can practice. But in, in racing, formula cars or karting, you need, you know, the mechanics, you need to track, you need to cart, you know, it, a lot of variables just for you to even enhance your, your skills. And, and, you know, the best drivers are in the car nearly every other day. And that's really what it takes to be the best, you know. Racing is one of the sports where the car is the equalizer and, you know, and you as a driver, you make the difference in, in your race and in your drive. And, and I think that's was that's what always been amazing about it. And of course, you know, you can have the best team and the best car. And if you don't drive your best, then it's not going to be a good result. Um, so that's, you know, mainly why I loved racing, because I, as a person, as a driver, I can implement so much and I can make so much difference if I drive the corner differently um and and then you know as as i was racing in asia it was finally time to you know to to level up after i've won my asian karting titles you know it's time to go to europe and then oh gosh <laughs> that's oh, oh, oh god oh gosh <laughs> i mean to get to europe it takes nearly two days for me i mean you know you've got like three connecting flights i mean it's expensive I, I can't even imagine the struggle that, you know, like other drivers have to go through. But for me, it's like nearly impossible even. And for the longest time, you know, I was thinking that, you know, maybe I should just quit racing. Um, because in the end, there's really not many opportunities in Asia. And, you know, we have a lack of support, lack of representation. So for me to make it, that's like one in a million, you know, for, for, for me to be to be where I am now, I never would have expected it, to be honest. Like, imagine telling this little girl from a little town in the Philippines that she'll end up driving for McLaren one day. So <laughs> um, it was like, shoot for the stars and land somewhere. And that's what I've done. You know, we risked everything. We, 
my parents, you know, my dad was working three jobs in America just to give food and just to put food on the table, to give support to the family. And, and, you know, for us, every time we were on the track, it was like, it was like a golden ticket for, for me, at least. Um, every time that I was driving, every lap that I get to do, it was like a dream come true. And, and to see the progression that has happened the past two years is incredible, knowing that, you know, I was, I was retired for two years as well during the pandemic. You know, I think it, it, it massively affected Asia, especially Philippines. And because of this, you know, I, we made a, we, we made a decision that, you know, I, we are struggling to even just eat three times a day. So you can't really be thinking about motorsport at that point. So. Well, glad that you managed to get back in a car and let's talk a little bit about your, your background now, because you've raced USF juniors over in the United States, um, which is effectively a, a Formula 4 car, for lack of a better description. You've done some W Series, which is a Formula 3 car. Uh, and have you also done some of the Indian Racing League, which I guess to Australians is more of like a, a sports prototype style car. It's a Wolf uh, yeah. 08 or something, isn't it? it? Which of those cars do you like? Which, is, which suits you the best? Which do you enjoy driving? Honestly, um... I love the car that I'm that I'm racing now. Honestly, in the F1 Academy, um, and I think you know the main difference for guys and girls is that we like the opportunity to test, to practice, to enhance your craft. Um, mostly because of the lack of funding and the lack of support. And you know when we entered F1 Academy, you know they were giving us 15 days of testing. You're in the car, you're testing, you're driving. You know before you can even race. And I think that was just incredible. You know, the amount of days I had in the car this year was just unbelievable. Even for me, like, I, I can't believe that I'm in the car this much. And, you know, that's because of all the sponsors, all the support and alongside F1 Academy. Um, and because of that, I was able to really develop my drive, my skills. I mean, last year in W Series, it was my first year ever in, in Formula Cars. And... I was probably four seconds off the pace, actually. Like, imagine just driving, you know, just driving-wise being four seconds off. And that's just because of the lack of testing, lack of experience. You know, I didn't have the confidence in myself in the B-Series. I was racing against drivers like, you know, Jamie, who's had eight, five, eight, five to eight years of experience in Formula Cars. And, and because of that, you know, you don't, have the confidence in you to push the car because you're scared to crash, you're scared to spin out, you're scared to make a mistake. And that's just, you know, just common. That's common behavior once you're experiencing something for the first time. And so this year, you know, we had to make sure that I'm able to make a big jump, you know, performance-wise, driving-wise. And we went from four seconds off to being, you know, one of the fastest drivers in F1 Academy, you know, very first race of the year, we won P2. Um, and ever since then, we've been, you know, fighting in the front and sometimes fighting for the win. And, to, you know, to see that massive progression from being last, dead last, four seconds off to, to where I am now is incredible. And that's what I would say F1 Academy has, has offered me, you know, to work with top teams, just Prema, ART, and develop and build your craft because in the end, that's really what it takes to to be the best. You know, you need to drive with the best team. You need to be in the best car. You need to be, you know, always in the car. And 
and that's what I got this year. So definitely, I would definitely, I would say that, yeah, the, the F1 Academy car this year was probably my favorite one to drive. Well, you're selling yourself a little bit short there because, yes, you might have been quick out of the box, but you also won twice <laughs> this year. So you, you've had to get the uh, the trophy polish out this year, which is which is good to hear. But talking about W Series and more the point F1 Academy, what do those categories mean and what do they do for you? You spoke about testing and time in the car, but it, it's more than that, in my opinion. But what does it mean to, to you as an aspiring driver? Well, honestly, I to me, it meant even more. I mean, you know, for others, this is probably another one of those championships they're going to race at and then move on. But But for me, it was you know, my silver lining. I always say that because, you know, you don't get a lot of opportunities when you're in the Philippines. You're always left behind. You're always left out. And the fact that, you know, I was the very first one in my country to even get an opportunity like that. Uh, I was the first Asian in F1 Academy. I was the only Asian. Um, and, and so, you know, thinking like that, it means so much to me because, you know, when you when I when I race, when I drive, I never I never just drive for myself. Um, I always drive for the people that supports me, the people behind me. And in the end, you know, I always think of an end goal. Like after all of this, you know, what's next? And honestly, for me, it was always about opening doors for the next generation, and more especially, you know, my country. I think Philippines is we have so much resources that you know are just not acknowledged that aren't given enough attention and I think you know we can have one of the best drivers in the world as well as as long as you know given the opportunities given the highlights given you know the amount of support they need and and I'd love to see you know or to or to open doors for you know, young girls and boys in Philippines or in Asia to have an opportunity to pursue motorsport and not even just that to be honest I mean I would love, you know, girls and boys to be more, you know, into motorsport instead of engineering or as a mechanic, as a strategist. And to kind of see that already happening, you know, in, in the middle of my journey now, you know, being 18 and I'm, you know, I get so many messages from, from people, you know, saying that I inspire them to work out, to train, to better themselves, to wake up at 5 a.m. to go for a run or to pursue engineering even though it's so male dominated or to be a mechanic even though it's not known to be a career for girls you know like seeing those messages that's that's what drives me and I mean to, to win is one thing but but like to win in people's lives is, is incredible it's to be the difference that I want to see in the world as well I mean I, re I really feel like it's more than just about racing especially for me uh, I, I'm here because of everyone that's believed and trusted in me. And I think, you know, I, I would love to give back to, you know, the community to pay it forward in any way that I can. So, yeah, I mean, being in F1 Academy and signing with McLaren, it's the opening doors, not just for me, but for the upcoming generation. Let's just talk about inspiring people in the Philippines. And I guess we can't, talk about that without talking about the billboard um <laughs> what was it 30 odd story building with your picture plastered oh across the side of it tell, tell us that story that's a that is an absolute cracker oh my god 
I remember like wake no, I was doing my laundry. Um yeah, yes. I was like race is done, you know, I race is over in Valencia. I was like, Oh cool, you know, like it was what a bit viral. I mean it was the first time, you know, a long while that the anthem like the Philippine anthem was played in, in, in motorsport. So like it was a, a big deal for, for Philippines. So I was like, oh, okay, that's it. You know what I mean? Like it was just it's just a win. It's not like we won a world championship or anything. <laughs> and then I and then I, I like I fly back to ANSI in, in um, ANSI France where I was training and I was in a training camp you know I landed I was like okay gotta do my laundry so I went down the basement I was you know loading all my clothes I was waiting for it I was like sitting on the floor and then I look up to my phone my phone was buzzing like like crazy you know and then I open it I was like oh my gosh the twist the president of the Philippines just tweeted me congratulations and I was like Oh my gosh. And then I scroll down and I see my face on this big, I don't even know, 30 story building. And it's just my face plastered on it with me like holding a trophy and then saying congratulations. And I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I remember like driving through that, you know, that highway and being stuck in traffic and just looking at billboards and to like imagine myself you know, being in one of those billboards was, was a bit crazy. Like, like everything that I'm experiencing, you know, it's kind of all so surreal. I think being 18, I didn't realize, you know, how much impact that I can make. Because in the end, you know, it's, I'm just a kid who's trying to make it into, into F1. And to see all those people that, you know, to see a nation rally behind you, behind, you know, your behind your journey and behind you know your passion your love for the sport it's incredible i mean it's the best feeling ever i'm i'm probably probably a high definitely a highlight you know a core memory you know whatever happens in my career i'm gonna be like i was in a billboard once and the president tweeted me congratulations you know like it will always be a story to tell and honestly it's incredible you know to turn a whole nation from no interest in racing at all to suddenly being you know an f1 fan a racing fan it's just incredible you know like i've said we're known for boxing for basketball but not for racing so to see this amount of recognition and to see this amount of support is incredible you mentioned it a couple of times you've signed with mclaren for the f1 academy for the coming year, you're now part of, I guess, the the academy at McLaren, not just the F1 academy <laughs> itself. Um, talk us through how that came about, because that's an exciting development as well. You're, you're one of only a handful of drivers it anywhere is. in the world to, to have a Formula One contract or a, a contract with a Formula One team. <laughs> I mean, I still get super shy about it. Like, wow, I mean... That's incredible. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, you know, um, I'm one of, I guess, the lucky ones in F1 Academy to not just sign as, you know, um, as an F1 Academy driver, but also to be part of McLaren's development program. And, you know, having that opportunity, it, it means the world to, to me, to everyone, to, to my country. Um, so honestly, you know, when the opportunity came about and, you know, instantly, you know, I was like, I need to be in a place where they can truly believe in what I can do and not just sign me because of who or what I am. 
and and you know seeing the values of McLaren and how much you know they've been a pioneer and a trailblazer in sport. You know they've helped revolutionize, they've helped change, they've helped you know they're pioneers and women in motorsport in STEM even. And 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 I was, immediately I knew that that's where I needed to be. You know I needed to be um, with the best. And I've always said to myself, it takes a village to build a champion. And that's what McLaren is giving me. They're giving me the support, you know, mentally on the call, on track, off track. Um, and and you know when when we signed with them, uh, like I said, I wasn't thinking of like a like a massive big deal about it. Like I was like, oh cool, signing with McLaren. And then we announced it, and then um, that announcement ended up being the largest driver announcement in McLaren history. So I was like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so McLaren have had a couple of good drivers like over turn. the years as well. So that's that's quite a thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like hearing that as well from Zach Brown, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> I, I mean, I'm like freaking out. I'm like fangirling. I I didn't know how to react, how to take it, how to smile, you know, or do I have to like you know act cool, like act like you know got it under control guys i promise <laughs> but really not I, in the end i mean i'm just taking it as it goes you know one day at a time so whenever like big things like this occur on a daily basis i'm like i didn't really know what to do so <laughs> so that announcement happened and um it, it was crazy it was so big and you know my whole life turned upside up you know and I gained a million followers. I, I mean, that's a bit scary part, actually. You know, like social media now is like I always have to think before I post something funny. It's like, okay, Bia, you have a million followers. You gotta, <laughs> you can't be your hundred percent self now. <laughs> you can't show them your weird, <laughs> funny contents. I'm like, oh damn it, <laughs> but it's okay. And um, yeah, it's just those like little things you know that for me matters a lot like like the little stuff and then and the fact that you know I've got all these people like supporting and cheering me on is crazy um and you know my client is doing everything they can to help me develop as fast as I can um you know training wise and testing wise you know giving me the exposure I need to to you know to have to even you know be a bigger brand for myself so I can move up and you know that's always a bit of the battle you know about on track and off track you know it's it's as important as as it is driving you know like media building your brand and you know that's what allows you to make the next step um and we've seen a lot of drivers that are good that have won races that have won championship but they don't have the support they don't have the funding and that's always going to be half the battle in racing. You know, you, you can't just be fast. You've got to be everything else. You know, you've, you've got to, you've got to be likable. You've got to, you know, you've got, you got need to have support and it, it's tough. It's tough in racing because you also have to deal with a lot of the fans, sometimes criticism and sometimes you don't win and, and, you know, it's tough. It sort of leads me on nicely to my next question because signing with McLaren is obviously a, a huge milestone in your career, but I guess that it's a double-edged <laughs> sword and that it must come with a, a little bit of pressure as well. Have, have you found there's more pressure now that you're, you're wearing papaya? 
Um, I mean, honestly, it's all been fairy tale. Um, ever since not, I wore a t-shirt, it's been like, like on cloud nine. But you know, it's not. It's not even just when I was when I signed with McLaren. You know, for the past two years, we've been building our brand, and you know, we've been growing massively. I mean, I couldn't even realize, you know, how much people knew who, who I was or what I was doing. Like people would come up to me, like, oh, "You're the racing driver," and I'm like. Yeah, I am, and like it's it's crazy, and you know, and in the end of the day, I think you know, I always just tell people that I'm just a kid, like that loves to race, that loves to drive fast, and everything that comes with it, I just do it because you know it allows me to race. Um, so whenever there's stuff like being on a billboard or being in a cover of one of the biggest magazines in the Philippines or being in Vogue. Um, like all of this stuff that happens on the sideline, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, being in like you know a cover of a magazine at the age of seventeen, eighteen, that's that's pretty cool too. <laughs> and I get to experience all of that. But then you know, there's pros and cons. You know, you, I can't live a normal teenage life. You know, I can't I can't take that many risks. I can't, you know, just go out and have fun with friends. You know, I, I have to train. I, I have to, you know, like within a day, there's only so many hours. And sometimes I don't even have hours to myself to rest because I'm always on the move. And, and I think that's, that's really, you know, for me, it, because I love racing, it's been my whole life. And I think that's also been one of the negative points is that, Racing has been my entire life, so I never got to experience anything else, you know, like, I know it's probably going to sound like cliche or like, it's little things, but, you know, like going on field trips or having sleepovers or going to prom, I never got to experience any of that. And for the longest time, I was like, man, I missed out on so many things. Um, But that's just because, you know, I decided to. I said it to myself that if I'm going to take this seriously, I want to do homeschool. I'm going to do home study. I'm going to devote all my hours to be a better driver, to train um, and and to race because that's what I wanted to be. That's who I was. But then, yeah, I mean, and then I see like, you know, all these kids enjoying their lives, you know, making mistakes and, you know, I can't afford those. And sometimes I, I feel like I got to kind of be a normal teenager for a day. But yeah. <laughs> you get a little bit of an opportunity to, to do that and see see the world uh, next year because Formula One Academy is supporting Formula One at all of its rounds next year. So you're going to uh, Saudi Arabia in the, the US, um, Abu Dhabi and, and all those sorts of places at uh, over the course of, of next year. How important is it to be alongside Formula One for you as you look to, I guess, Formula Three and Formula Two in, in future? I mean, it means everything, you know, it's where we want to be, you know, we're, I feel like every driver, you know, from karting to Formula 4s to FD, they're all racing just to be, you know, one day in Formula 1, you know, to be in the pinnacle of motorsport and to be racing alongside it every weekend, it means everything, you know, it's about representation, it's about making a change, it's about, you know, standing and, and saying that, you know, we belong here and we have a spot. And, and, and racing and, and we're here to stay and and you know having you know that platform and also that connection you know f1 academy led me to mclaren 
and and because of that you know it's given me so much opportunity it's opened a lot of doors windows for me as a driver and that's why even being you know with f1 it's going to be even more incredible because you know all those young girls and boys will watch the tv and they get to dream again and they get to to think that you know if they can do it i can do it too you know if she's this little girl from a little from a little town in the philippines and she could be a racing driver then what's stopping me and and you know imagine all those people watching millions and millions and millions and and you know and to have them you know see our passions see our drive and you know how much we fight for and how much we we want this and you know and 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 and, and, and that journey we you know hope to inspire the next generation and that's why it's important you know not just for us but for everyone watching and for everyone that you know is cheering us on i mean it's honestly incredible you know, we always say that, you know, like racing is still, you know, male-dominated, fans, the teams, the crew. But, you know, I started, you know, social media having a 70-30 following, 70% male following and 30% female following. And for the past two years, we've grown that to 60-40, you know, 60% female followings and 40% male followings. And to see that massive change in the supporters and the fans and the viewers is, is incredible, you know, the fact that we have a lot of female fans that are coming along and are becoming more open about their love for the sport because back then they were often, you know, bullied or or um, gaslighted into, say, into not, you know, liking racing because it's for guys, cars are for guys. And and to, like, see that big change is, is incredible. You know, I get a lot of messages from all the girls. They're, like, asking me, oh my gosh what mascara do you use when you raise how come your eye your eyelashes are perfect you know they're like asking me what's your lip like what's your lipstick shade i love it and like seeing those comments and being a racing driver it empowers me so much you know you can be as feminine as you want in a very masculine sport you know i wear makeup when i race it gives me the confidence you know it allows me to be myself and and you know to be so comfortable in racing doing all of that it's a massive change from where we were a couple of years ago so to kind of be in the front line of all the changes is is amazing it really feels like we're on the precipice of something imagine how good motorsport could be if we had full inclusion across gender and diversity everything motorsport's great as it is imagine how much greater it could be it's uh, it's incredible. Just before we wrap up, Bianca, exactly. one thing I, I want to ask you is F1 Academy 2024, what's the target for you? Yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, you know, when I have the helmet on, you know, I'm a driver and I'm, I'm here to drive. I'm here to race and I want to win. You know, I want to win the, I want to win the, the season next year. And, and I think, you know, I have the, best team i'm in the right spot i have the best support to to make those big steps and then next year you know with the help of mclaren and and the development program you know led by emmanuel ipido um, you know an amazing driver that i've looked up to my whole life and it's incredible to even be working alongside him and you know to have them you know pushing me in the right direction and inspiring me to be a better driver i, I know that I'm able to to show a very strong season. I just need to, you know, to keep my head on the game, to keep myself focused and to really hammer myself down. 
and that's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to bleed for the sport, and and next year, I, you know, I want to win, and that's the goal. You know, the end game for me is will always be Formula One, and you know, next year it will be you know a very pivotal year in my career, and I know that you know I've I've got it to to perform well. I just gotta put it together. <laughs> Bianca, very best of luck with that. Really appreciate you coming on and, and speaking with us. Your passion and enthusiasm for the sport is it's infectious. It's put a smile on my face, which is brilliant. Uh, thank you so much and uh, very best over the uh, holiday period. You too. Oh my gosh, right. December, like Christmas is like literally right around the corner. <laughs> Hope you've got all your crystal all bought. That was quick. This year went by quick. That is it for this edition of the Summer Grill, all brought to you by KTM Ready to Race. And we will have another special guest joining us tomorrow morning right here at speedcafe.com. You could be a winner each episode of the Summer Grill. KTM are giving you the chance to win a bar stool, a mug, and this race-inspired clock as well. So there's more good reasons to tune in and hear from some of the stars of world motorsport here as a part of the KTM Summer Grill. All you gotta do is click on the link below, fill in your details, and you could be in the running to win.